You pass through this door into the realm of Shaggy and Norm. Beyond it is another dimension. You're moving into their world of pinball and arcade games, both EM and solid state. You have just crossed over into the Topcast Zone. You're listening to Topcast, this old pinball's online radio. For more information, visit them anytime. www.marvin3m.com slash topcast. Welcome to TopCast tonight. We're going to be speaking with a guy that's a uh, pinball book author from Australia. He's written three books called The the Pinball Compendiums, Volume 1, which is uh, pinball games from 1930s to 1960s, Volume 2 from 1970 to 1981, and Volume 3 from 1982 to 2005. So we're going to give him a call right now. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Special guest. Let's give Michael Shaloub from Australia a call on the phone right now. Mike, can you hear me okay? Mate, I can hear you, buddy. I can hear you. So we got Michael Shalhoub on the line. Michael, what part of Australia are you from? Uh, from Sydney. You're in and Sydney. I'll be probably uh, twenty minutes south of Sydney. Okay, okay. And you, you've done the three volumes of the Pinball Compendium. What the 1930s, the 1960s, the 1970 to 1981, and then 1982 to 2005, right? That, that's right. Yes. That's those are your babies, right? They're my babies, Clay. Yeah. Tell me about those books. What What made you decide to uh, to do this? You You You've been in pinball for a long time, right? You were, were born in '62. You're like the same age as me, and um, you, you got into pinball pretty early, right? Well, I started playing. Uh, you know, the first recollection of playing a pinball machine was back. I was probably six years old, and the first machine I played was Cupidol, and um, that's where my fascination. Started for the uh, for the syllable. Um, you ask about the books and, and why I wrote them. Um, the one thing that I think was lacking in a lot of books is not many pay tribute to the people behind the scenes, like the designers and the artists. Um, the only book that really come close was a book, uh, probably one of my favourites, uh, by Roger Sharp called Pinball. And, uh, and and I just thought with my books, I'll just take it one step. Uh, one step further and actually interview everyone that I can that has worked and been involved in the industry. Yeah, I, we just had uh, Roger Sharp on the show. We interviewed him just a, a couple days ago. And, um, yeah, that book is, is incredible, but yeah, it's really hard to find. Well, what he done, and I just wish I was, um, I was around when he was around because I think that was just, you know, his book just, uh, well, it opened up a lot of doorways for me because it just it really inspired me to do what I ended up doing by interviewing all these people. Hey. So you've got like 300 games in your collection? Yeah, there's, yeah close to 300, but um, but the man that's got the biggest collection is probably my friend Alan Tate. He's got close to 2,000. Yeah, we, we talked to, to Lee uh, Fedwick, of course, who's helping Alan open up um, the, uh, the Australian Down Under Pinball Museum, right? Yes, that's correct, yes. And, are, and you're working with him too? 
Well, it's like um, I'm helping coordinate it within Lee's. Lee's the person that does all the restorations and that. Um, but me and Alan are the ones that, you know, we're, we're the ones that pick the games out and so it's just a, it's a big thing, you know, we've been, this is something that's been in the planning for many years and, and, and slowly it's, it's all coming together. Is, um, yeah, you guys have property purchased, right? Well, he, he's bought the property, but I think he's, he's trying to look now at actually getting somewhere that's more, um, a bit closer to where the theme parks are. And, um, I'm not really sure where he's at, but, but as we speak now, he's, he's having meetings with, with different people to try and get a better location. And once that's um, established, well, then the building will go up and, and, the, um, and hopefully the dream will become a reality. And now, are there going to be some of your machines in there too, or just all Allen's? Yeah, yeah, it'll be. Um, look, at the end of the day, Clay, even when, when I went to your house, so you're, you've probably got a, a mini museum in, 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 in your <laughs> basement. Um, but at the end of the day, how many machines can you really set up and enjoy? Um, so I've, I've come to the conclusion that, look, you know, I can, I can have maybe 20 machines set up in my house. Now, the unfortunate thing with, in Australia is, is we don't have tornadoes and cyclones and that, so we, we, we don't have any basements. So there's no houses here that have got basements. So uh, we're very limited to where on, and how many machines we can actually put in our houses. Is that, um, is, is that because the water level is too high and you dig down and you hit water? or Why, why no yeah, basements? Yeah, we get nothing, mate. It, mate. It's like we hardly get any rain down in Sydney. Mate. We don't get snow. We don't get anything. So... Well, you listen there. It's a beautiful part of the world. Come down and visit us one day. You know, it's fantastic. I'm going to come but visit and knock on your door. <laughs> You're most welcome, buddy. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's room. So, so I look a few years ago when 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 I met Alan. Like I've met, I've known Alan for many years. But look, I had machines. I remember, you know, one of my babies was was a 1952 Slugfest, uh, the animated animated back glass, the baseball one, and uh, I love that machine. And, and look, I uh, even my knockout um, Minstrel Man. A lot of machines that Alan didn't have, and I'm thinking, look, these are machines really that should go to a museum. They should be for everyone to enjoy. So you're uh, talking about the 1952 Williams Pinball Slugfest. That's yes, like a it's yes, pinball it's machine. Yeah, Yeah, but it's got the running man unit uh, yes, with the guys yes, going around I, the bases. It's one of my favorite games. It, how popular? Uh, another one of my favorites in, in that era was uh, is Silver Skates. The, the Williams 53 Silver Skates. Right. How popular is um, baseball, though, American baseball in Australia? Well, I, well what makes it popular is, is the... Well, it was a machine that never... Look, that's a machine that I brought out from the States. Oh, okay. That machine, that could be the only one here. Um, I don't know of any other slugfish in Australia. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I was going to say... Baseball, is, as a sport, is not big in Sydney or in, in Australia, but... Um, but the fact that he's a, a pinball machine that's got back glass animation, right? Especially baseball. Now, but we, you know, baseballs were popular in, in the sixties and the seventies, and the, we used to see them. But we're talking more the sixties, more like a Grand Slam, the sixty-four Grand Slam. That was a few of those were around, but none, none of the early machines ever come to Australia. Play. Um, there wasn't uh, like uh, good distributors there that were bringing stuff in at that, you know, in the. 50s and not, 60s? Not in the early days. So Gottlieb, Gottlieb had, in, you know, even the late 60s, it was all Gottlieb. Sydney, Sydney in Australia was all Gottlieb. Uh, the distributors, um, I, I think Gottlieb had the whole world, uh, the world market, and they had distributors all over the place, but most of the machines in Australia were, were Gottlieb machines. 
Okay. So now, most of your machines then you bought in the states, and then you you had to import them into Australia. Yes. Now, what are you going to do about the voltage conversion? You know, the 120 volts versus 220 volts. Okay. What we um what we do is we use a, uh, it's called a step down transformer. Um, that steps the voltage from 240 to 110, um, and that. What the machines worked on in the states at 110. Um, all machines up until I think 60, 64. But Bally had a multi transformer that could be tapped for 240 and 110. And I think machines from 65, 66. Um, I think Bandwagon was one of the first to use this transformer. Um, Bullfrog was another one that we can just tap into it. The God leaves up until the 70s. We've got to put down a, it's called the step down transformer. I gotcha. Okay. Cool. Well, let's talk about your books some more. Like, I noticed, uh, uh most of the pictures in, uh, I got right in front of me. I have the 1930s and 1960s one. Great book, too. I mean, great, all, all color, 100% color. Um, and, um, great pictures. But it seems like, uh, most of the pictures are, are your games and Alan's games, right? Yes, yes. All the games are, those games, um, uh, probably three collectors in Australia, Alan Tate, myself, and another gentleman, uh, Jason Douglas. Um, I didn't want to... Um, there's, I think, only two machines of memory that I had to get photos because the machines were actually buried. We couldn't get photos. I think that was Minstrel Man and, uh, Minstrel Man and maybe Knockout. Okay. So how long did it take you to put this book together? Well, well all the... Initially, Clay, when I when I started writing the book, um, I just I was just going to write one book on pinball machines, and um, the amount of information I'd gathered, you know, I thought I contacted the the publisher. I said, look, we um, maybe it's going to be two volumes, and then we had to do it again into three volumes. Um, so the overall thing's probably around five six years of my life. Really, wow! And you know, I noticed that uh, I believe the the distributor, the what, the Schaefer uh, Publishing or whatever, they re- kind of require you to put prices on everything. Is that is that why there's prices on everything? Yes, quite yes. They, they they like that. They like to turn everything kind of into a pseudo price guide, right? Well, they look. I was look. That was just look. That's an area that I think look. And at the end of the day, and this is something that I, I write about this in every three book. What is a pinball machine worth? And to me, a pinball machine's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Right. Yeah, of course. You might you might have a, a, a knockout. Well, what, what's that worth? You might look at a, a prize guide. What uh, are Larry's or or Dana Petit's prize guide? Well, they might only put it's only worth a thousand dollars, but then you you might want four thousand for yours. So if I'm willing to give you four thousand, well, that's what it's worth. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a great book. I mean, because you also have a lot of factory photos in there, and a lot of like a lot of pictures of the designers. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's really really a nice book. I mean, you really did a, really did a great job on it. Um, you know, I mean, did you have fun making it? Well, well, a lot of fun, Clay. It's um, but but the most fun was was actually meeting the people. It's um, and that's why I've, you know for the last you know I've been going to the states since two thousand, um, and I go to meet the people. It's like you know I attend the pinball expo every year. It's like a family get together. And over the years, and even you, Clay, I've got to know you over the years, and um, and, I, and I think you're doing a fantastic job, even with your videos and, and your talks, and 
and now this is fantastic. So. Um, I, I hope you come back. The pinball dream alive because you're bringing, you're regenerating an interest in, in, in this fantastic game that's, um, that I, I know billions of people around the world have enjoyed. I, I hope you come back and visit me in the fall again for the next expo because I should have things a little more gelled. You know, I got like a hundred machines in my basement, but I, I, I didn't have, you know, when you guys came, it was a little bit in a disarray. Uh, disarray. I, I would like to, you know, when next time you guys come, you're, are you going to Expo again in the fall? Yes, yes. I, I, I look. Yes. Are you going to think you're going to be, be coming pleasure, through? Mate. It was, it was, was mind boggling walking into your basement. I, I couldn't believe some of that, mate. Uh, but if ever you want to donate any of those pieces to the museum, they okay, would we'll be more than happy to take them off your hands. <laughs> I look. I love it how you say <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure, sure you can. Those bowling games. Um. um that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I like America, America's the place. Look, that's where the pinballs, you know, the pinball capital of the world, Chicago, and um, it's, it's just fantastic. It's just, it's just been, it's just been a dream. Like even, even as a kid, Clay, I, I remember, I remember playing a pinball machine called Target Pearl. There was a '69. Yeah, Gottlieb. Gottlieb. Right. Um, I remember playing it. I remember coming home, and I got, and uh, my uncle was a carpenter, so we had all this bits of timber at home, so I got a, a bit of a board, and I, I remember getting the nails, and I, and I put, and I set it out, and I put the, where the, in the middle where the targets were, I actually put little nails in, I got two little pegs, and and then I, as, as I was playing it, this this thought, what you know, come to me, um, I wonder who designed this game, and I must have only been maybe 10 years old, and um, when I'd done this, when I made this little uh, pinball machine at home, and and, and who would have thought that many years later I'd have the privilege to to get to know uh, the designer of that machine, Ed Kerinsky, um, a man that over the years um, I've really got to know. I've been to his house and got to know his whole family, and it was just a lot, an honour and it was like a dream come true. And and people often say to me, "What was your what, what you know, what's your highlight? You know, what's your highlight of doing all these books?" And I often say. Um, one of them was meeting Clay Harrell, of course. And, oh yeah, of course, but, <laughs> of course. But 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 the one that really I really feel most honoured in doing, and, and something uh, that's very you know, someone's getting emotional about it. The one thing is, is is seeing. Actually, I was the one that inducted Ed Kerinsky into the Pinball Hall of Fame. Oh, you you convinced Pazak and Burke that that was the right thing to do. Well, well this this man worked. Actually, I've got to get on to Dana. And, and to all you, the listeners of this radio, um, Ed Krinsky designed a lot of games he still doesn't get credit for. Um, I don't know if people are aware that he, he worked at Keeney in um, 58 to 64. He was at Keeney. So all the machines that were um, manufactured by Keeney, like machines like Go-Kart, um, um, I think it's a few of others, but he designed all those. Okay. Okay, now, now Keeney went out though, like in the sixties, right? When, well, well, but look at it. When, when Krinsky left, because he was, he was the sole designer at Keeney. Right. When he went to Gottlieb, Keeney was out of business. Right. They no longer had a pinball designer. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, so uh, when, when Krinsky went to Gottlieb in sixty-four, that's when pinball stopped at Keeney. Right, right. Well, what, so what is your favorite era? I mean, do you like games from the, you know, what, you know, the 50s, the 60s, the newer stuff? What's your favorite era? Oh, guys, I love, I love, I love every era. There's, there's part of me, um, I love, I love playing the old 50s machines. I love, you know, Queen of Hearts. I, I love the, I love the 50s. 
but I love the 60s as well. I love Kings and Queens, Buckaroo, Geezy, Slitcher, I love those. But I love the 70s as well. I love, like, Kingpin, El Dorado, Joker Poker, Jumping Jacks. But the 80s, I'm not very keen on the 80s, but I love the 90s as well. You see, I'm kind of just like, like, I'm just like you. This is amazing because, like, I tell people that my favorite era is, like, the 50s, playing the wood rails. That, you know, even though I wasn't even born, you know, in the 50s, and I, I have no recollection of ever playing a wood rail, you know, when I was, you know, any, any, you know, any time in the last five years was probably the the earliest I ever played a wood reel. But I think they're just what they did with them. It's they're so cool, you know, the artwork and and they did so much with so little. Um, and, and they're great games. I mean, strategically from a gameplay perspective, they're they're really great games, you know. And I like the '60s stuff too. '70s stuff, yeah, it's okay. '80s stuff, I don't really care for much at all. And then again, I start liking it again in the '90s. So I'm pretty much just like you. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. I mean, the you know I've been going through my my wood rails. Um, you know I've been you know I got a whole slew of them. I'm trying to get them all all juked up for you when you come in the fall, so they'll all be ready for you. You know, so you can oh, play them. Oh, thank you. I've got to have a couple of. Actually, you're you're very good on your bowling machines, Clay. That's a. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you have any bowling machines? I don't. Alan, Alan's got a few. They just, um, they just again take up a lot of room. Um, yeah, they sure do. But they just look. I'm look. I love all games. I love. I'll even. I love the gun games. I, I love um, all types of arcade games. I'm just. Um, and that's something. I, I love the with gun the museum. games. That's why. It's, look, I had. I had a couple of very rare um, gun games, which 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 Alan's got them now. Um, um, even the Chicago, all my cranes and that, Alan's, they're all at Alan's now. That, and this is all for the museum, it's all like hopefully. And they'll all be working in the, and probably will have one of the biggest collections in the world. It'll be, um, be great taping that up and that's something that I'm really looking forward to doing, you know. Do you really think you can get 800 machines? You know, is that, I mean that, I, I read your, uh, kind of, uh, your, uh, web thing and it said that you were talking about 800 machines at, at, at the museum. Is that full? Well, I know I know Alan's got over 50, between fifteen hundred and two thousand games, oh including gosh. mine. Wow! Um, so yes, it'll imagine that Clay. Imagine close to two thousand machines set up. That's including all the countertops and all the small arcades and that. Right. Uh, pre a lot of pre thirties and um, all the for a lot of forties as well and. Um, are you helping them restore those? I mean, that must be a... No, no. I'd, I'd be more helping him once um, on the technical side. I, I, that's where I can really help him with, with the uh, repairs and, and leave Philbeck. But for one man to get 2,000 machines is near impossible. Once once the building starts getting erected, well, then he's going to look at putting different people on. I've, I've even suggested bringing you out, Clay. We need some of your expertise to help us get all this going. Yeah, there you go. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to come out and spend like two weeks a uh, holiday visiting you guys, and I'm going to fix a thousand machines. Oh, that'd be fantastic, <laughs> mate. No worries. I get, be to, great. I get to spend ten seconds on each game <laughs> fixing oh. it. <laughs> yeah. But look, Clay, I don't know if I just, I'll mention this to your listeners. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm working on one more book on pinball. I'm going to do another book on pinball machines. What, and what is this one? Well, the reason behind this one, look, I've, I've, I've become good friends with Alvin Gottlieb over the years and, um, 
and I, I used to always say to Melvin, uh, have you got any, any photos for me? And he, um, and, and, and probably out of, just ch- backtracking a little bit, out, my favourite section, my favourite chapter in, in the three books would be the chapter on the, uh, the pinball pioneers, which is in volume two. Okay. Um, and, and, and Alvin again gave me some beautiful photos. There's, um, a photo with, with him and, um, his father, uh, another photo in, in the boardroom, uh, another photo, I think, in, um, in 1952 with a couple of distributors. Um, and in that section as well, I've got a, a photo with, with the Gensberg brothers. Uh, I think that's the only time anyone's ever seen the four brothers together. Really? Um, yeah. Um, that's in, so that section. So anyway, um, after book three was just had gone to the um, to Schiffer to to get into the process of, of, of becoming a book. Alvin goes and gives me like another forty photos. Again. No one's ever seen these before. Right. These are brilliant. I've got, I've got other more photos of Harry Mabs, the man that invented the flipper. I've got all these photos. I'm thinking, what do I do with these photos? I thought, well, I can probably put another book together. But this book will be more about... See, my, my three books, Clay, are, are not about the pictures. Everyone says, oh, wow, your pictures are smaller, your pictures... Well, unfortunately, my books were not about the pictures. They were more about the interviews. Um, so that's... Uh, so this book that I'm working on now will be more about the pictures where you can actually look at the play field like I was trying to show someone a, a picture of Popeye I'm just using that as an example well I opened up my book that's it well really the play field photo is a terrible photo you can hardly see the machine so now in this book you'll be able to see the play field and, and, and the backlash it will really bring it to life um, plus a lot of photos um, uh, behind the scenes uh, from Alvin I've, I've got a few more from Gensberg which will show Chicago coin and Genko um, so that'll just make it a bit more interesting. So, you know, I understand that that, that Schiffler is a is a easy publisher to work with. Is that true? Yes, yes. Um, some yes, they're, they're very they're very very good. I mean, if, if somebody wanted to do a book and they they basically had a concept and they had the photos and they had the text, I, I mean, is it you know do they do they do a lot of the work for you, or do you have to actually lay the whole thing out and you know and, and hand them photo ready art? And I mean, you know, how much do they help, really? Well, they um, well they they said they said they have people um, assigned to setting the book out. Um, there's a couple of places in in volume two, for example. I, I felt that some of the photos were really small, and um, there's a lot of wasted space. Uh, I, I call a lot of like when you see a lot of white, I call that wasted space. I like to see, I like big photos, Clay. Um, so, but other than that, um, they were fantastic to work for. If, if someone out there, any of your readers, uh, whether they want to do a book on pinballs or, or whatever, um, they're, they're very good to work for. And who comes up with the, with the pricing information? Is that something that you had to come up with, or did they have their own research team? Um, the pricing... On the bottom of every game? Yeah, you know how they do that? They put the price on, uh, you know, like every picture has, you know, basically has a price associated with it. You okay, know. well, I, I, um, okay, I done some research. Mm-hmm. But see, when you, and, and, and the prices, and this is what I state in the book, these are class one machines. Right, right, fully restored. Even, working, even though some yep. of the photos not, might, may not be a class one game. Right. So it's hard to, you know, like people say there's class four, class three, class two, class one, and 
uh, which and, and there could be thousands of dollar difference between the, between the games. So I I uh, I went to a couple of websites, um, uh, classic pinball, um, Borden's Bob Borden's right, um, Herb Silver uh, pinball. Fantasies um, and that, so I looked yeah. at all these different sites. What they were asking for their class one games, I had like twenty sites, and I just done an average, and, and that's and that's where the prices come from. Okay, I was just kind of curious. I, I know that uh, you know if you uh, the Schiffler uh, company, you know they they put out books on a, a lot of different books on a lot of different subject matter. You know, all collection based books, and that's one thing that they always seem to require is that everybody have. Pricing for for everything, you know, they they like to make well, their books like a price guide type thing, you know. I, I guess well, that's well, kind that's of an angle that they look, take, you know. But, um, which, which is, look, some games is very hard to come with the price up. Look, um, oh yeah, impossible. I've done a lot some. of research, and, and, and some people criticise and said, look, yeah, you you way over the top. This is a machine that I picked up. You know, look, look, I know people that have picked up. I know a guy in Missouri that picked up a mermaid for a hundred dollars. I got my mermaid for free. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. So, what's the machine worth? <laughs> if, if you got it for free, what's it worth? A hundred, two hundred dollars? I think no, it's, it's worth, worth ten bucks. Four thousand dollars, or five thousand, or whatever it's worth. I, I think it's worth so, ten bucks. <laughs> well, mate, you might as well just put in the crate and ship it straight over, Clay. It would cost too much for shipping. The shipping would <laughs> eclipse the value of the game. I, I just don't think it's worth it, Michael. I, I I'm sorry. I, I just don't. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, I, I understand. <laughs> I'm teasing you, of course, of course. Yeah. So you know, I, I really enjoy the books and and. You know, when you when you came to Expo, you know, you're like kind of an icon of Expo. I mean, you know, I always see you at Expo, and you're, you know, every time I turn around, you're right there. I mean, you're like, I, I, you must not sleep the entire time you're in Chicago. You know, you're you're because you're everywhere. Every time I turn around, I see you, and you've got, you know, a big smile on your face, and you're talking to somebody. You know, it seems like you're having such a really good time. Well, I think that's what that's what Expo is all about, Clay. I see it as a family get together. It's, um, and, I, and I look forward to seeing everybody. Oh, I look forward to seeing you again. I look forward to even uh, Shelberg, uh, Pin Game Journal, and um, it's just, it's just, it is a lot of fun. It's just good to catch up with all the people that I've interviewed, and um, and, and 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 too, it's also enjoyable to see all the new people that come to it. The new people that are enjoying pinballs. At the end of the day, I don't make you know like people say, oh, wow, have you made how much money have you made out of the books? Well, I've made nothing out of these books. Oh really? Yeah, but I never wrote the books to make anything out of them. It's, it's a, it's a passion. It's something that I, you know, I've loved pinballs all my life. I've genuinely loved pinballs all my life. I've, you know, um. So there's, there's, if the when you write a book, there's no, Sorry? there's when you write a book, there's really no money in. I mean, there's no profit incentive at all, huh? No, I claim. You know, one of, one of this, one of the disasters. People say, oh well, your, your first book, the photos were yellow, this and that. Well, originally, Schiffer wanted all the photos done on slides. Huh, so okay. I, I actually hired professional photographers to go and take photos using slide film. So, so and, and to save on money, I thought, what I'll do, I'll develop all these in one at once, and I'll save money on, on getting them developed. So, so anyway, I took them all to this uh, photo lab, and but when they come back, every, probably 99% of the photos were a disaster. Really, it was very expensive. I nearly had a anyway. So, so most of the photos in there, I ended up well, probably over half of them were. I just went and done a quick course on photography, and I, and I took my own photos. Um, yeah, but 
that was anyway. Now it's all digital. You can they can use digital, and they can. It's a lot easier to take photos, and you can actually see what you're taking. And if it's out of focus, that's okay too. You can retake it. Um, so it's a lot easier now with the photos and that play. Right. What kind of camera do you use for this stuff? Oh, I've got a Nikon. Uh, I don't know the model. It's, but it was a, it was a fairly a, expensive. And it's a digital. It's come down in price, but. But, it, but it's a digital, right? A digital camera. Yes, digital camera, yes. Okay, is it like 8 megapixel or type thing, or is it higher or lower? It's 6, and it's got all, all the gimmicks that can really zoom in close and okay. get really nice photos of playfields and that. Okay, we're going to take a break from our interview with Michael Shalhoub, author of the Pinball Compendiums, and we will be right back. Pins and Vids Episode 2, Attack of the Phones, is now available at pinsandvids.com. It's the best Pins and Vids yet. Double the fun and half the underwear of the first episode. Surely to be nominated for an Oscar for the best use of fake phones in a niche video or best special effects during a dream sequence. Worth much, much more than the $6 including ship and selling price. It's worth at least 7 or seven fifty. Get your copy now at pinsandvids.com. And now for a word from our lawyer. The entire sale price goes to the Pinball Hall of Fame. First episode, also available. Some pinball machines were hurt during the filming of the Pins and Vids, but they were old. Get your deranged DVDs on Coin Up Goodness now. Okay, we're back with Michael Shalhoub, the author of the Pinball Con- Compendium, Volumes 1 through 3 books. Now, you also run a pinball repair business there in Sydney, right? Yes, yes. Uh, I run a company called Pinball Master Sales and Service. Well, why don't you tell me about that? Yeah, well, that's something that's you know, it's nearly probably over 20 years now. I just I go out and uh, you know, go and repair people's machines and I help them. Get machines. So I've got a lot of people that I um, I can get machines from. So I help people track down those those games they played, maybe in their misspend you for if someone's after. Actually, um, when you rang earlier today, uh, I had some guys that were supposed to be with six hundred arrived here, but they just bought an Adams family, which which I've got a, I've got I've got a few machines in, in the garage. Um, not really for sale, but if someone wants a particular machine, they can come over. And if I've got it, uh, I'll, I'll sell it. You know. Um, Hmm. So that's something I do. I've done a lot of repairs over the years. Um, actually, I was talking to someone today. Um, actually, I don't know repair today for for a gentleman. He's um, he's actually got a, a TV show. His name's Andrew Denton. It's called Denton Live. Um, so next time Gary Stern comes out, I'm going to try and, and get him on TV in Sydney and, and try and promote Stern Pinball here. Wow. So uh, do you specialize mostly in like EM repairs or solid state repairs? No, I, I do everything. I do anything from the, I can do from the 50s all the way through to the 90s. Okay. And as far as the pinball scene in Australia, I mean, how popular is pinball there? Well, it's um, probably not as popular as it is in the States, but it, but it is very, very popular. And are there in, a lot... In the 70s, but, sorry? I, I'm sorry, are there a lot of machines in people's homes? Yeah, yeah yes, uh, a lot of machines. There's a, there's a lot of machines here, um... Um, I think the interest with pinball machines, especially, see, in, in the seventies, pinballs were everywhere. Like you couldn't go to any 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 shopping mall. Or, um, there's a lot of amusement, a lot of snooker, snooker halls, a lot of pool halls. They were in bowling centres, um, laundromats. They were everywhere. So people, especially in my age group, would have would have played pinball machines. Um, the unfortunate part now is. There's not many machines out on location, um, so but a lot of people um, are buying them and putting them in their homes, and um, 
and I've got the pleasure. I, I go out and, and sometimes I, I help them track down these machines, and especially if they if they played them, in, as I said, their misspent youth. Um, like a guy not long ago, I, he wanted a King Cool, because uh, that's a machine he used to play at a corner shop, well, I'll help him track one of those down. So that's a machine. Well, he should have seen his face clear when I delivered it. It was just like a little boy, you know, giving him his first first bit of candy. He was so excited. <laughs> huh. Now, are are machines expensive there, or are they about the same price as they are here? <laughs> um, probably around the same price, but um, there's a lot of machines coming into Australia from Europe. Europe, but I, mean, I don't know how, where they're getting all these machines from. Like, there's just so many machines in Europe. Um, look, I've, I've even brought out a couple of containers from Germany um, and offloaded them here, but... Um, but around yeah around the same price maybe a little bit more here. Okay. So the, the wood rails for sure a lot more here because wood rails. Clay, I have not seen a wood rail pinball machine for sale in Australia for years. Really. Hundred percent. They they're just not around. Huh. Now you you have you said you have like three hundred games in your collection, but you but you're only able to set up like twenty at a time. Yes. Yes. Okay, and of your 300, are they, um, you know, what percentage do you have restored versus just, you know, uh, versus just storage? I'll probably install, probably a third of them will be in, uh, probably stored, restored. Um, okay. And just put away, but the other, look, they're in, they're in, I've always kept the best machines. It's like the machines that I got in my collection is, um, they're all in, if not class one, they'll be in class two condition. Hmm. Okay. And do you buy a lot of parts from uh, the U.S., you know, like Pinwall Resource or whatever, to restore them, or can you get a lot of stuff locally? Oh, the, mate, you get nothing. There's nothing locally here, Clay. And the, and the couple, of, the couple of companies that do sell parts, uh, they're just insanely priced. So, so, yes, Pinball Resource, we find, is a great source of spare parts. Well, who, uh, another gentleman in Chicago, Pinball Life. Um, he does uh, rubbers very cheap. He's, he's got a lot of cheapness. The what? parts are, there's probably a 500, 600% markup from Pinball Life's prices by the time they get over here and people start selling them. So what retailers are there in, in Australia to buy parts from? Is there anybody? Y- yes. Um, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a place in Melbourne. Um, Bumper Action Amusements. There's um, Mr. Pinball um, in Melbourne as well. There's a place, um, Pinball Mania, um, Happy Days Amusements. There's, there's, there's a few different places around that um, <coughs> that retail and sell parts and all that. Okay. All right. And I mean, if you go into these any of these shops, is it all going to be like '90s machines? They're not going to have any electromechanical stuff. Yes. Yeah, no, no electromechanical. All '90s machines. Right. And probably now, probably just the last, probably mostly all Stern machines. Oh, really? Yes. So Stern is a big importer into Australia. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The family guy, actually the family guy in Pirates of the Caribbean, like hits down here, um, which is great for pinball. And that's what I was, I was only thinking that today because um, I'm thinking, well, if, if, Gary, if I can get Gary to come on TV and... And help promote, and a lot of people today. It's probably like the states, uh, Clay. They they're buying machines brand new. Right, right. Yeah. There's, there's a new market now. There's people out there that actually buy machines um, from the distributor and they take them straight home, and, and and they'll be collectible in years to come. They'll be worth money. Sure, 
Sure. Yeah, I, I always thought that was kind of goofy, you know, to, to uh, you know, write a check for $4,000 U.S. and, you know, bring a new pinball machine home. Man, it just seems so extravagant to me. But, you know, kind of looking back on it now after, you know, you've seen it happening for a few years, you think, well, you know, maybe it's not such a bad idea because it seems like you can always get your money back when you go to turn around and sell the game, you know? Well, this is it. Imagine a few years ago, you know, if you had a, maybe five years ago, you could have been picking up medieval madnesses or, or cactus canyons or, you know, you could have bought all those. But look, look at those today. You know, people are trying to get between eight and 9,000 each for those machines. Right, right. So you're, um, you basically work full-time doing pinball repair in people's homes then? Yeah, yeah, but, but I, work, I work for myself, I, so what I try and do, I just put in a big day, you know, and you know, just go and do repairs and all that, and now I'm actually starting, I'm putting the fourth book together, so that, but there's a lot of work, I've actually, I've written the book. And you're just assembling <laughs> it? Yes, that just takes a lot of time. Um, Is the layout the worst part? Mate, yeah, well... Well, the worst part is is marking all the photos and, and, and then marking where the photos are going to go in the book. It just takes a lot, a lot of time. Well, that, that's what I was trying to uh, figure out. Like, if you were doing a book, I mean, do you actually, like, set up, like, pieces of cardboard that represent a page and, like, you know, glue the text on there and then, you know, set the photo where you want it with a little caption? And then is that how you actually lay it out or is it... Or, or is that too low level? It's it's more electronic, you know. You're using PageMaker or something like that. I mean, how do you do well, this? Well, I I just I give Shiffer the text, and I give Shiffer the photos, and they they prefer to lay it all out themselves. Oh, they do. So okay. in my three books, I can lay any of that out. Okay, I was kind of curious if that you know how much work they make <laughs> you do, you know, and then in and then so how many of your books do they print, and how many have you sold? I, I don't, it's something I, I don't want to know. They, I'm, they, I'm they don't tell you? A million of each, but I don't think it's that high, so I, I, I don't know. Because I'm just kind of curious how how popular pinball really is. You know, I, I've, it's, you know, because we're in it, you know, you want to say, oh, it's real popular, but, you know, it's just, it's really hard for me to evaluate, you know, in the mainstream population, how, how much, uh, popular appeal pinball really has to the masses you know what i mean you know i, I understand well well I, I think most of the people that collect machines or have a, any interest in pinballs will probably have my book but people who who probably have an interest but don't know that the book's out there um see there's a lot of people here when, when i do pinball repairs i always carry my books with me and people tell wow you know, books are made me Normally, at first glance, they love the books. They end up buying because that's how I distribute. In Australia, the books are insanely priced. Really? Well, the, the distributors. See, everybody. It's all about money, Clay. By the time they mis- my, my book in Australia, people are trying to get like a hundred and forty to one hundred and eighty dollars a book. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go but, on. Uh, I was looking online today at Amazon.com, and they're, you know, 30 to $50, depending on which yeah. volume. Yeah, I, I know, I know, but so you think, how can... So a lot of Australians have been buying them from Amazon. <laughs> Someone, because I never had volume three, I only just got volume three in, because I, I sold out just after Christmas last year. Um, yeah, people, have, I just tell everyone, you go to Amazon, and they ship them out. So people email me all the time, oh, where, where can I buy your book? I said, look, I'm out of stock, you can get it from Amazon. Right. Um, the books have a lot cheaper. 
Yeah, and uh, and even uh, uh, Jim at the Pin Game Journal, you know, he sells them too, and and his prices are really reasonable too. You know, Jim. Yeah, Jim's. Um, well, Jim, I got I got to say, look, Jim Shelberg, um has helped me out over the years, and like he supplied many photos for for Book Three. Um, he's just a he's a great guy, Jim, and you know, um, if, if he does listen to this, I, thanks Jim for all your help. I really appreciate it. And, I used to bug him all the time. Actually, uh, even even Ray Tanzo, I remember Ray Tanzo, one of the few days he had it off, and he's out there having a game of golf, and his cell phone rings. He says, who could this be? And I was like, buddy, Shalhoub, what are you doing ringing me? I'm, you know, so I, I, I was very persistent to get the story, Clay, so um, I think a lot of people just gave up and just ended up giving me stories and, and photos and all that. Well, tell, you know what? I was reading in one of your books that you were one of the last people to interview um, Harvey Heiss, who worked for Genko. Yes. Um, Genko, yes. Yeah, j- just before he died, you were like the last person that that interviewed him. How did yes. that How did that go? Well, it, it, it was it was very look on you. Harvey was very sick um, weeks prior, and I remember I, I actually rang him and I, and I spoke to his daughter Janice. Um, the book The book was you know. The, the book was nearly ready. It just had, had gone to print, um, and and I and I rang him to talk to him. I, um, and his story said, "Look, he's, he's not doing too well." I said, "Look, Janice, I just want to confirm your address because the book's going to, you know, I'll, I'll have the book open in a couple of weeks, and I'd love your dad to see it and let me know what he thinks of it." And and um, the next time I rang her to, to tell her the book was going to be sent out, she said, "Yeah, that's what I heard that, that Harvey just passed away." Wow. And, and, um, but when I was, but when I was doing the interviews over the phone, he was just, uh, just what a wonderful gentleman. So you did that but interview. They all are. I think all, all those from, from that era. You, you can look at Steve Cordek, um, Norm Clark, and um, Wayne Nine. You, know, you think what, what a great bunch of people. You know, just beautiful, beautiful. And I just again, it's an honour and a privilege just to be able to put down, you know, part of their you know, pay tribute to their tremendous and fantastic work in the industry. Yeah, and of course Harvey was um, uh, the the game designer for Genko, um, which uh, you know, which uh, Kordak actually worked at too. In uh, yes, Gen- yeah, well, 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 Kordak worked for, for for Harvey. Right, right, at, at Genko, and yes. um, you know, of course Genko. What was it? 1958. They got bought out by Chicago Coin. So that yes. you, you know, so that was you know, it's kind of like a mini Genko history, but they were. You know they did some amazing arcade games during the fifties too. Are, are you a big arcade game collector too? EM oh, arcade. Yeah, like, like, well, I've, I've, we've got most of their gun games, um, their fortune teller machines, um, Motorama. I, well, we haven't got the. I've got the other one, um, Jet Pilot. I've got a couple of Jet Pilots. Yeah, I got a Jet Pilot. The uh, Motorama's hard to get. I, I really love to find one. <laughs> Man, if anybody out there has a Genko Motorama, please, please contact me. <laughs> Don't call Michael. Call me. <laughs> no, we need one for the pinball museum. Please. No, 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 no. I need one for my pinball museum in my basement. <laughs> and the other one is um, Space Age. That's the other one I want to try and find. That yes, one's... I've, I've, I've got pictures of that, but I yes, yes. That one's really hard to find. You know, same cabinet. The 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 um, Motorama, the Jet Pilot, and the Space Age. They all I use that kind of that same cabinet. Yeah, that yeah. same kind of jukebox on leg type cabinet it's 
it's kind of cool. I, I, I really think those games are really neat. You know, but, uh, you know, all those Genko, like, do you have any of the Genko baseballs? You know, the high fly or the champion baseball or any of that? Uh, a few. I've got a few. The, mainly the United and the Williams ones. Right, right. I think, I think we've got two Genko ones, or maybe one Genko. Okay. Okay. We yeah. have, which one? I'm just trying to think of the one, um, oh, Star Slugger was the United. We, I've got one of the Genkos. The big yeah, one. It would be the the really big one is champion baseball, and the one that's smaller, more pinball size ish, is uh, high fly. Um, well, I, I think we've got yeah champion, but that hasn't got the animated unit, has it? No, well, it has. Yeah, it doesn't have the animated unit, but it has the little players on the, the play field. Yes, I've got I've got we've got the champion, and that's got the side where the the ball comes up, and it's got the big and it rolls down, and the big bat hits it up. Yeah, it's like a. Like and it's a, got men on the play field, and right. you can actually hit it over. And it's got over the fence, over the top. Right, exactly. Home run. Right. Is that yours yeah, or is that Alan's? Well, it was mine. I'm not sure whether I sold it. So look at. I'm not. That one. Look at whatever it is. It's going to be in the museum anyway. Clay. Incredible game. That one's really hard to find. I think the high fly was a lot more popular because it's it's smaller. The smaller, champ- yeah. Yeah, the champion baseball is a monster. Man, that thing is big. Um, well, believe it or not, Clay, that that champion baseball was actually operated in in Australia. Really? It came from a company called Golden West in Melbourne, uh, and that machine was out on location. It's up to recently type thing. Oh God, no, God, no! This would have been back in the um, probably back in the late sixties, and then it was put in the storage, and I ended up buying it. Oh, I gotcha. So I how probably do you... bought it? Probably eighty eighty seven. I bought that machine. So how long have you been actually actively buying machines? Probably, um, probably 85. Wow. So you were ahead of the curve. You were buying stuff before, you know, pinball collecting was really, you know, a big thing. Well, uh, yes, yes. Okay. I, look, Clay, I remember, I remember when I bought my first two in a matter of, of a month. I, I'm just one of those type of collectors. I just collect everything and... and uh, and then I started collecting pinball machines, and, and then and then I was on a goal to try and get as many push-up balls as I can. And, and you know, within six months, uh, you know, I've got close to maybe fifty machines. Wow! But you got to remember, that it's not like the states. Push-up balls are very hard to come by down here. Oh wait, wait I'm sorry. Push-up? Push-up. Remember the old goalie? Remember you had to manually push the balls up? Oh, oh right, manual ball load games. Right, yeah, pre nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. So you, you, you don't call them push-up balls? No, I've never heard anybody call them like that. I always call them okay. manual ball load. I've also heard people describe that as uh, spoon loaders uh, because it's kind of like a big spoon that lifts the ball up. Uh, but I've never heard uh, people call it a push-up. No, you know, maybe that's a, a local Australian term. And maybe it is, buddy. It is because you know, people say, have you got any ball push-ups for sale? Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure what you meant when you said that. The other thing you said a while back that I, I didn't really catch was, did you say something about snookers? Snooker, snooker. And what is that? Snookers, um, billiards. Oh, okay, okay. All right, all right. Okay, uh, sorry, that's my bad. Uh, you know, they, they call that here, too. Okay, I'm sorry. That that was my fault. So Yeah, I just, yeah, you know, we got, uh, you know, social differences here, and, and even though... You know, I, you, you know what I mean. You guys have different terms for things than you know, we do. You know, so I'm just trying yeah, to. Yes. 
figure it all out. It's big. It's not. Oh, well, Billy, it's not, it's not very big in the states. Is it? You, you've got more yard ball, nine ball. That's um... right, right. That's that's definitely more popular here. Eight ball and nine ball. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, what other stuff are you now? Are, do you collect any video games? No. No, none at all. I, but but I, I I do have one of those videos, the main that's got all the videos on there. So I, I I own one video game that's got like three hundred games on it. But right. But no, I, I don't collect video games. Okay. Um, and do you repair them? No, I don't. No, I, I, I try and steer well clear of, of that clay. Yeah. No, I I can't blame you. I I try and steer clear of it too. So the um your your pinball masters company. I mean, are you? Is there enough in-home repairs to like keep you busy full time there? Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a lot of see. There's not many people here that can actually repair the electromechanical machines. Um, a lot of people can repair the nineties, um, and the eighties. But I get a lot of work. A lot of a lot of people refer any mechanical machines to me. There's probably only two people in Sydney now. They can repair. They go out and can repair the electronic cables. I'm one of those guys. Wow. So, do you work through? Get a lot of references from those shops that you were talking about before, or or or, uh, or is it just like people see you on the on the web and the, and they call yeah, you? Yeah, people have seen me. Look, um, look, I do, I do repairs. There's a couple of uh, hotels that have got pinball machines in them, and uh, that, that I go there and I'm, I'm their service guy. Um, and sometimes people go in there and they um, they see because I got my card in there, so they may have a pinball machine. They give me a ring and say, "Look, we've got a machine. It's not working." But but nineties machines, Clay, they're they're very reliable. And you know, maybe the bridge rectifier or could be just a wires come off. Nothing, nothing major. Um, and and the electromechanicals, when I shop them out, when I you know I go right from, they tend to work. They work fantastic and 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 give very little problems. Right. Okay, cool. All right, well, uh, I'm going to let you go. Is there, I mean, is there anything else you want to add? Anything we didn't cover? No, I just want to say, mate, it's fantastic. I'd really this is um, this is what I do. Clay. I'm, I'm out you know, to try and spread you know, the word about pinballs and try and help people relive their child, you know, childhoods and um, enjoy the game. And, and I think you're doing a fantastic job, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you putting me on your show. Oh, well, well, cool. I, I appreciate you. Giving me a ring up and, uh, and 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 talking to us. So the next time you're coming back to the states is going to be for Expo again, huh? Well, I might I might be there. I might I might go and see Paysac, um in a couple of months' time. Well, if you if you go see Paysac, you know, make sure you come up and uh, see me. I'm only about I think I'm about a three hour drive from Paysac. Okay, you know? we might I might come and see you. Okay, that's all right. We'll come and see you. You you coming up in the summer or something? Yeah, I want to go to Cedar Point. Oh, if you go to Cedar Point, you make sure you call me. I'll go with you. You, know, you want to come? Okay, that's that's a deal. 100% we'll be going to Cedar Point. You know, I'm only like two hours from Cedar Point, so you okay, know, I'll meet fantastic. you there. Yeah, I, Cedar Point's like, for people that don't know, Cedar Point is like the premier amusement park, especially if you're into roller coasters. In, in the whole United States, they've got an amazing collection of roller coasters there that just... You know, or just unbelievable. Uh, that that place is, you know, like people say, I'm going to Disneyland and I'm going to Disney World, and I'm like, man, you know, those parks, they're they're all about fluff. You know what I mean? They're all about fluff. If you want real substance, you go to Cedar Point. You know what I mean? So, have you ever and been? They, and, they, and they've also got a section in there. It's like a bit of a museum in there too, Clay. Right, right. Well, and they have like um, 
uh, the Rockola World Series. They got a, a pair of them there in the 1937. They have, they have, and they've also got um, the Chester Pollard, the, the horse racing game. Yep, yep, yep. And then they Chester have the Pollard old, soccer. Yeah, they the one where the, you wind and the horses race around the track. There's a couple of um, Mutoscope uh, fortune teller machines. There's a lot of um, interesting pieces there. Yeah, and they also have their old time arcade too, where they've got. Uh, electromechanical gun games, and they've got uh, electromechanical pinballs, mostly 70s EMs. Yes. You know, yes. like they got Fireball and 4 million BC and Old Chicago, and man, they got all kinds of stuff there. I, I really like going there. We, Me and Norm, we always go, every summer we go there. We take, uh, you know, I've got a, a, a 13-year-old kid, and he's got a 15-year-old kid, and we always kind of, we always go. It's it's great fun. I love going. Oh, well, look, I'll, 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 I'll see you. Def- we're definitely going, so it'll be fantastic. It'll- are you the type? Do you stand in the front seat, in the front row, Clay? You mean on a, on a roller coaster? Yes, yes. I I don't. I pretty much get in wherever they tell me. Okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I have no preference. <laughs> you know, where, wherever they worry. say get, sit I, is where I go. Doesn't go on anything. Alan Tate is a bit of a scaredy cat. Oh, is he going to come with you in this summer? Yes, yes, he'll be he'll be with me. That's fine. You know, I mean, I, I some of the roller coasters are a bit. Um, you know they're a bit daunting. I mean, uh, they got that one that's it's like the highest one in the world. Oh my God! I mean, it's, it's, it's what is it zero zero to one hundred and twenty miles in forty in four seconds? Oh yeah, the dragster. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. Oh mate, that was fantastic. Yeah. So you like that one, huh? Oh yeah, I, I, I go on everything. Um. Good for you, man. <laughs> All right, hey, we've got to do the dragster together. Yeah. Will you make sure that you call me? When you're, when you're in town. Oh, definitely. I really look forward to seeing you. All right, Michael. All right, well, you take again, care. I want, to, I want to interview you. You're going to be in the next book anyway, so I want to, I'll talk to you <laughs> later about what I want from you for the next book. So, All right. Um, All right, Michael. For the listeners, um, Clay will have a special section in the next book, which I'm, we'll, 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 well show cool. them and they can all read about it. Great. All right, man. Okay, hey, thanks for calling, and I'll, and I'll talk to you soon. Mate, I look forward to it, Clay. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. All right, that was uh, Michael Shalou, the author of the three books, the Pinball Compendium series, 1930s to 1960s, that's volume one, and then 1970 to 1981, that's volume two, and then 1982 to 2005, that's volume three, and he's soon to have, he was just telling us about it, he's going to have a new one out from... um, uh, that's additional pictures that he got from Alvin Gottlieb and some other people. So he's, it looks like he's going to have a fourth fourth volume coming out. Again, I'd like to thank Michael Shalhoub for talking to us tonight on TopCast. And I'll see you all later. <laughs>